0: Good afternoon and welcome to our poetry podcast on The Prelude um, by William Wordsworth. Ideally you will have a copy of the poem in front of you so you can make notes and annotations to keep but if you do not have a copy um, in front of you if you type in extract from The Prelude by William Wordsworth into Google um, you'll find yourself a digital copy and you can read along there. Do you have a pen and paper in hand as well so that you can make notes? Here we go. As it says in the title then, this is an extract. The portion of the poem we have here is taken from a much longer poem, which chronicles, meaning describes in detail, key moments in the poet's life starting from his childhood. Wordsworth, as a boy, spent a lot of time outdoors near where he grew up in the Lake District in the northwest of England. In this extract of the poem, he describes an important moment from those days exploring the natural world. As we go through key moments of the poem, you'll be able to see what impact his interaction with nature had on him. I'd like you to pause this recording first, though, and read it through once or twice on your own. See if you can work out the poem's meaning, i.e. what's happening, its message, what are the big ideas the poet is trying to communicate, and also see if you can spot the mood of the poem. So, for example, is it uplifting? Perhaps it's dark? Pause the recording now, then, and have a read. You might have worked out that this poem is about someone feeling quite confident initially, taking a small boat and going for a trip on a lake. He unties the boat, which isn't his, and begins to explore the natural world around him. Whilst he initially finds it rather magical, quite quickly it terrifies him and he turns back. Let's now see what we think the poet's message is. Get ready with a pen. Here are the poem's key ideas. So in the broadest sense, this poem is about, firstly, the power of nature. Nature has the power to psychologically or mentally affect humanity. We see through the poem as well that the effects nature has on this speaker are not temporary, but are long-lasting. Secondly, nature here is depicted first as magical, but then as a threatening force. Thirdly, Wordsworth's poem also, in the same way, discusses how a specific place can evoke strong emotions. And fourthly, it's a reflection on childhood and how memories from it last a lifetime. Pause the recording one more time, see if you can find any lines or moments in this poem that prove those big ideas we have just gone through. Great, now let's go through the poem together, looking for evidence of the big ideas and making sure we understand exactly what is happening. I'm not going to go through it line by line, but pick out key lines and point you to which uh, places you can find those as we go through. So the poem opens with a confident speaker approaching a little boat, which he later, by the way, calls a pinnace. Without doubt, um, when he says straight, he loosens its chain and gets into the boat and starts rowing. We know he has temporarily stolen the boat because he calls it an act of stealth, which suggests he is doing it surreptitiously without perhaps wanting to be caught. He also says this act is one of troubled pleasure and we see here the juxtaposition of two contrasting feelings, trouble and pleasure. This hints at the inner conflict he'll experience later, which we'll discuss in the second half of the poem. Note how now, from line seven or so, he describes nature in a really magical way. The small circles glittering idly in the moon are the ripples left behind the boat as he moves through the water. You have sparkling light on line line 10 Sorry, too, creating this ethereal picture. Nature is beautiful in his eyes. On line 11, our speaker suddenly has direction as he says he will reach a chosen point with an unswerving light. He's fixed his eye on the craggy ridge, which is a mountainside, and he aims to reach it. Still, though, he's interweaving details of his actions with descriptions of the awesome nature around him. Far above was nothing but the stars and the grey sky. We get a sense here of the vastness of nature, and perhaps for the first time, a sense that it is quite overwhelming, created by that expression and language of excess in far above. Clearly untouchable. The idea that nature is overwhelming reoccurs as we go through the poem now. But before that happens, we have this image of him lustily dipping his oars into the silent lake. And then his boat heaving through the water like a swan. A sense of urgency is increasing here with lustily, meaning in a strong and vigorous way, and the verb heaving suggests the opposite of the gracefulness and peacefulness you expect of a swan that he latterly compares it to. Heaving through the water like a swan is another image then, like with troubled pleasure, where Wordsworth creates a conflict of meaning, foreshadowing the speaker's inner conflict Explored still later in the poem. The mood now is darkening. In line two, 22, uh, a huge peak, black and huge, as if with voluntary power instinct, upreared its head. Let's break this phrase down. It's referring to a mountain. You know, when you get closer to something, it, it starts to appear taller. A mountain and a tower block work in the same way. The speaker has rowed closer to this craggy ridge, this mountainside, and suddenly it appears more intimidating than he imagined. We have the repetition of huge there to emphasise this mountain's size. As we hear now how it voluntarily upreared its head, I start to imagine a monster, perhaps or a beast. Nature suddenly doesn't feel so beautiful anymore. The image from line 25, grim shape, towered up between me and the stars, adds to that, doesn't it? The mountain now towers up and blocks his view of the beautiful stars that he described earlier. Nature, this mountain, is having a negative impact on him. The personification continues as we see how the mountain strode after the speaker, giving the impression that it is pursuing and chasing him. On the same line, the speaker describes his trembling oars. He is shaking now. Nervous and scared, so back to the covert of the willow tree, he returns. In the midst of this experience with nature, he is scared and it has caused him to turn back from his adventure. So nature has the power to intimidate, according to Wordsworth. The next and closing lines of this extract show the longer term effects of this encounter with nature on Wordsworth. The mood of the poem darkens again as we move into this final third. We see how once he returned the boat, he went towards home in grave and serious mood. Now he is feeling down, depressed and and sombre. No sense of adventure or trepidation like we had at the start of the poem when the speaker set out on his journey. Hazim's nature had yet a bigger impact, however, when it says my brain worked with a dim and undetermined sense of unknown modes of being. It seems as if he is beginning to have a crisis of the mind. Nothing is familiar to him anymore. Moreover, he says the once pleasant images of trees and the colours seen in nature are taken away from him. Not only is he having a crisis of the mind then, but nature, the thing that once brought him joy and excitement, is now colourless to him. He can't enjoy it anymore. These trees, the mountains, are now huge and mighty forms. You see how here he is describing them vaguely, without any colour, shape or sense of beauty. Any connection he had with nature seems to have been lost. He's distancing himself from it. Moreover, he describes how those forms move slowly through the mind by day and were a trouble to his dreams. And that's the last couple of lines of this poem. He cannot stop thinking about them night or day. This experience with nature then has caused internal conflict and and conflict that lasts a long time. He is troubled and haunted by it. Wordsworth has presented nature as something that has the power to cause trauma. Now we've gone through the poem. You can see that it's split then into three sections. The first is the speaker as a boy setting out on his adventure in nature. The second is his encounter with nature, and the third detailing the long-lasting effects this experience with nature has had on this boy. That this poem is written by an older Wordsworth, reflecting on and retelling this story from his childhood, reveals further how much of an effect this incident with nature had on his life. He is writing about it years later as a defining moment in his life. Like the speaker in the Émigré then, Wordsworth is reflecting on a childhood experience with a place that has had a long-lasting impression. This leads us into our final section of this podcast, thinking about how it links with other poems, as this is a key part of the task you'll be given in your exam. Consider how the big ideas of nature having power over man links with the storm on the island. Both the speakers of the Prelude and Storm seem initially confident at the poem's outset, but quickly realise the power and the devastating effect nature can have on one's sanity and mental well-being. Exposure 2 explores the power nature has over man. In this war poem, nature has the power to cause psychological pain. The soldier's brains ache. The use of brain, rather than head, suggests that they are recording an internal pain. That being said, the poet does go on to describe how the merciless iced east winds knife the soldiers. They experience physical pain as well as mental, internal, psychological pain at the hands of nature as well. As mentioned previously, both the émigré and the prelude discuss a childhood experience and memory of a place that has had long-lasting effects on those protagonists. Arguably, Remains also explores the trauma and internal conflict caused by a single event in their lifetimes – For both the speaker in Remains and our speaker and writer at The Prelude, their memories haunt their waking and their sleeping hours. At the end of this recording, once we've finished, have a think and see what other poems you might link it to, remembering those key ideas which I'll repeat for you now. The power of nature. Nature has the power to psychologically or mentally affect humanity. We see through the poem that the effects nature has on this speaker are temporary but not long-lasting. Nature here is depicted first as magical and then as threatening. Thirdly, Wordsworth's poem also in the same way discusses how a specific place as well as nature can evoke strong emotions. And finally, it's a reflection on childhood. So that's the end of this podcast on Wordsworth's the Prelude. Perhaps a final challenge to leave you with is finding the full poem and seeing if these big ideas come through in the rest of this epic. Thank you for listening.